Queer Business Success, the podcast for LGBTQIA business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, coaches, caregivers, and the allies who love our community. We tell the stories of why our businesses were formed, who we serve, our challenges and successes, and we offer sound advice to our fellow queer entrepreneurs. Our hope is to inspire, enlighten, and highlight the services that our LGBTQIA businesses and allies offer. If we can do this, so can you. We believe that we need more LGBTQIA business owners, not only for our community, but for a better world. Here's our host, Anne-Marie Zanza. I am so excited to have Don D'Amico on the show today. Welcome, Don. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a blast. It is, absolutely. So, Don, tell me a little bit about your business and what you do. Okay, so my business is Epic Redemption Coaching. I'm actually a speaker, author, and coach. So I like to speak and write about mindset, productivity, and developing confidence. And then as far as my coaching business, it's twofold. I am a fitness and nutrition coach. Uh, I do virtual fitness and nutrition training, as well as I coach fitness and nutrition professionals how to bring their business online. So I've got both aspects, um, all really around health and fitness. You sound like me. <laughs> a little bit of everything, right? We, yeah, it sounds like we do a little bit of everything. So what is, so first of all, the name of this podcast is Queer Business Success. And Don and I talked a little bit um, beforehand um, a couple of weeks ago. And Don is like, like me, is late in life to the queer community. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that journey. And yeah. because I find that once I completed that journey, I became so fearless that yes. I can do anything. And I think you understand what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So, and yeah. that's how we connected. I saw you were yeah. looking for guests for that show. And my story, I came out, actually, I came out on social media a year ago last year. So it's not official till it's on social, right? <laughs> Until Facebook <laughs> knows it's not real. Um, and I had only come out to my family a couple months before that. So it's just been a year. And the ironic thing, like you said, you kind of became fearless. Well, mm -hmm. I said, I'm a speaker and writer. And one of the things I speak and write about is developing confidence. And the first book I was writing, I tried to write it over a year ago. And it was, it's called Courage Rising. And it's about how to develop confidence. It's sort of the method that I came up with to take courageous action in order to solidify that confidence in you. And I was trying to write the book while I was still in the closet. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you can guess that I couldn't write the book. I was really struggling. And when I was having a hard time writing the book, it didn't occur to me that that was why I was having such a, a hard time. I thought I wasn't writing the book because that's not the topic I was supposed to be speaking on. That wasn't the message that I was supposed to be imparting to the world. So I actually hired a coach to gain clarity on what my message was and what it was I was supposed to be teaching and speaking and training on. And we hit on, for me, it's really that discipline and consistency and how to build that. And it all goes into mindset. So I got in one of my mindset certifications and started developing really a program on how to take that champion's mindset, that, that fourth quarter mindset that I had as an athlete, how do you take that and translate it into business? And I really wanted to, to work with sales professionals and teach them how to take that into their sales work. And as I was getting ready to launch my program, I had that moment of panic that a lot of times we go through when we're about to do something scary, but it was more than that. I felt it in my body that that's not what I was supposed to be doing, at least at that time. 
And I got this wave of conviction that I was supposed to go back to this book that I was trying to write over a year ago. In the book, I talk about the method that I use is the brave way, which is an acronym. But my A at the time I was trying to write it is not what it is now. And that A was actually alignment. And Mm -hmm. as I was having this moment of panic, I actually called an ex-girlfriend who we are still very close. And I was telling her what I was going through and how I felt like I was supposed to be writing this book. And she kind of giggled and she said, yeah, of course you're supposed to write the book. And I was like, yeah, but remember the, the thing, it wouldn't come together, but it makes sense now. I think I figured out the pieces that didn't work. And again, she laughed and she said, look, you were always supposed to write it. You just weren't ready. You needed mm-hmm. a year of growth. You needed a year to succeed. You needed a year to fail. And hello, you needed to come out and start to step into who you were. And I was like, that's right. Like the A is alignment. And once that mm-hmm. alignment piece came together, I mean, I, I literally, it poured out of me in two weeks. Wow. Um, so yeah. It was, it was incredible. So yeah, coming out really catapulted. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah, I understand that because once you, um, first of all, it's hard to come out in the United States. It's hard to come out when you're older. Um, there's just, you know, it's hard to come out no matter when, whatever time of right. life we are in, but when you've been married or you've got children and all those things like that, it's a lot to navigate. And there's a lot of like loss. There's a lot of, um, realigning yourself yeah, absolutely. Uh, to who you are. You could, I was wondering if you had changed the A to authenticity, and also too, you know, it's like we we end up having to let go to get out of our comfort stone zone, go through that fear zone. And once we're through that fear zone, you know, there's there's just so much more opportunity out there. And we go through the comfort zone, fear zone, learning zone, growth zone over and over and over right. again. But since I've done that, I'm yeah. like, I can do anything. So I get that. So tell me a little bit about your acronym, BRAVE, B-R-A-V-E. What does that mean? All right. So BRAVE stands for body. Um, and there's a few pieces, you know, uh, body posture and position, and then how we take care of our physical body. So, you know, taking care of it with how we work out and those kind of things. The, let's, I guess, spell it in my head. The R is routines and habits and creating those winning routines and habits that set you up for success. So that, you know, if it is, for example, working out in the morning, it's setting up that routine so that you take the thinking out and it becomes second nature. So whatever it is that you're looking to achieve or do, setting up those winning habits and routines that are going to catapult you in the right direction. Um, I can't even spell in my head right now. The A, A. it wasn't authenticity, <laughs> it's alignment. Yeah. Original, originally, it was affirmations. Now, affirmations are still part of developing confidence. It's just part yes. of the winning habits and routine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't get its own category. A was alignment and it's really stepping into who you who are you are, and yeah. living authentically because you cannot be confident if you are hiding behind things. You can't fully be you and express who you are. Um, v are the VIPs, those very important people in your life and those very important partnerships. So who are you intentionally surrounding yourself with? If you want to continue to up level, I know that the hardest things I've ever done in life, I always did with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And while they were hard and they were scary, they were a lot more manageable and a lot more doable. So when you want to become confident in certain areas, you need to surround yourself with people that are crushing it in those areas because it becomes a lot less scary. Yeah, absolutely. That Yeah, you're right. I, I, I've actually recently up leveled what I'm doing and now I'm with a bunch of uh, business professionals mm-hmm. that 
um, that are uh, really driven. And I find that that has really helped me up my game. Right. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm making sure I get the E right. So I don't get it wrong. It's E to the third power. Um, <laughs> I'm going to highlight this, because I think we do video too. Yes, we do. Courage um, rising. Yep. It's energy execution and evaluation. And so then it's just all about how are you managing your, how are you managing your energy? Um, what things do you need to do differently? And then execution. You, people think that in order to be courageous, you have to be confident first and it's the opposite. You yes. need to take action in order to be confident. So it's actually executing the things that you've practiced, prepared yourself for, it's actually going out and doing it. Yeah. I, yeah. People think that clarity is, um, and you know, people think that, you know, courage, yes, you, it's just taking that first step. You don't have to have it. Like you may have an end goal, but sometimes the clarity is not there. And I said to somebody that I was coaching the other day, I said, clarity isn't like this big, clear line. There is a lot of fogginess in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And you just, you sort of know where you want to go, but you're not quite sure how to do that. And so you just have to be brave and take that step. And Absolutely. so that coming out process, like has, and, and also coaching the later in life community mm -hmm. that I've been doing for a really long time, you know, I'm like now more confident to take that step, you know, that. Right to, to, um, to step out, just be on, you know, I know where I want to go. I know there's, I have some plans on how to get there, but it's like, I'm just starting. <laughs> right. And part of, you know, within each of those phases, there's several pieces. And one of the pieces is celebrating wins, every win along the way. And part of that is to build and generate momentum. But the other part is it's evidence that you can do hard things and be successful. Right. You know, it, it, once you start one business and you've had some success with it, starting another business becomes a lot easier. You're a lot more confident doing it because you already have the evidence that you could do the hard things. Even if that first business didn't go the way you wanted it to, you still have evidence that you, that you can do something hard and like you survived. Yeah. Well, or even thrived. I mean, yeah. you know, people create businesses and do very well. So, so right now, then what I'm hearing you doing is now you are coaching other people that health coaches, correct? Yes, correct. And so, and helping them create their own businesses. Are they online or are they in person? So I am looking to work with personal trainers and nutrition coaches who primarily work, you know, face-to-face -face out of gyms or out of other offices and teach them how to do that online in a different way. Mm -hmm. My, when I was going through my divorce process, I needed to figure out how to support myself. Uh, I am fortunate that in the divorce, I have a couple more years to figure out really supporting myself. But at the time I didn't know what the settlement was going to look like. And mm -hmm. I, I was working just really for fun as a personal trainer, just as something to do because I, I didn't need to support myself. My, my ex was the breadwinner mm -hmm. and I learned really quickly that I was not going to be able to support myself as a traditional personal trainer in a traditional gym setting. Uh, yeah, my, my best friend at the time, because COVID had happened, she transitioned online. She hired a coach. She was crushing it. Uh, while we were going, while I was going through that divorce process, I was like, Hey, I need a week at the beach. I need to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Cause even though I knew that I was gay, I knew that I didn't want even if I wasn't gay, I knew that I shouldn't be married uh, to that individual anymore. Mm -hmm. I still doubted. I went, I mean, I was married 16 and a half years. So yeah. we went to the beach and while we're at the beach, I'm like, all right, you need to now tell me what it is you're doing. Uh, what are you doing to make money? Because I, all I could picture was that she was doing zoom training sessions, right? So it was the same thing that she was doing just over zoom. And she's like, oh no, no, no. 
you can't earn enough that way either because there's only so many hours in the day. And so she introduced me to her coach and this new model and I fell in love with it. I mean, you can be very successful. You can really create more time in your day. And I was able to get clients better results. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so while yes, the money was awesome, the flexibility and freedom was fantastic. That part was great. But deep down in my core, I want to help people get results. And by, by doing it virtually, I was able to get them better results than a traditional, you know, one-on-one, you know, hour at a gym. So I'm curious why. At a gym, you're limited in what you can do with somebody. Uh, you, you really can't talk the nutrition side of things, right? But you're also only seeing somebody when they come in for that session. When I'm working with somebody online, I'm, I'm not working as a personal trainer, right? I don't see them face-to-face, but I program their workouts for them. So they do their workouts. They have access to communicate with me via messenger daily. We have weekly check-ins. I'm able to not just look at what they're doing with their fitness, but I can now look at what are they doing with their nutrition? How's their sleep? How's their stress? I can start to look at some of the other things and help set them up for success. They, if you had to pay for 30, even a 30 minute session at a gym, five days a week, you're going to spend a fortune and you're not necessarily addressing what you go to a gym for a lot of Now, there is a very valid need for personal trainers for specific reasons. Some people need that guidance and oversight to do certain Yeah, sometimes people need the accountability of like someone who's showing up waiting for you. I've I've had a personal trainer. So and and sometimes, I mean, one of the the in-person clients I had was an older gentleman who had balance issues and we were working on very specific things. So as far as in-person training there is a very valid purpose and a valid need. A lot of people though that hire a personal trainer really just want to lose weight and they can do that without going through that whole process. And there's a way that they can still lose weight. So a lot of it's going to depend on their goals. And so it's it's been a lot of fun. I can also work with people all over. One of my first clients when I started was somebody I knew when I first got married a million years ago, she lives in Alaska now. You know, that's somebody I never would have had an opportunity to to train uh, so that was just really a cool opportunity that opened some other doors. So what was your decision to level up? Because now it sounds like you're in a leveling up of your business for going from being a, a trainer of the consumer to a teacher of teachers. So what was what was your decision behind that? I found myself gravitating towards the business end of things, really studying like the social media stuff. I've had so many coaches, so seeing what's worked for me in my life. I'm a talker. And while I don't think of myself as an educator or a teacher, I always loved presenting and teaching and training. And so I find that when I learn something cool, I'm always teaching somebody else about it. When chat GPT came out, oh my gosh, I called like a friend. I was like, what are you doing? Get on zoom right now. I need to show you how cool this thing is. It and, is really cool. And I was, it? you know, and I was like, and look at how you can use it. And I was typing in all sorts of fun things and showing it. And, and so for me, it seemed like the next natural progression, but also I can now help, ultimately, I want to help women be strong, confident, look good, feel good. And when you can teach the trainers, you can now reach more people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so while I still take on individual training clients, because, oh my gosh, that's the most fun thing in the morning when you get a check-in from somebody and you see that they did a workout and then you see the scale had gone down. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. It's nothing like seeing the really it's the confidence that the women develop that I work with. Like the scale goes down, that's a byproduct, but it's everything else around them in their world that gets better. And so now that I can help trainers do that, and I want trainers, trainers don't make enough. Yeah, I want somebody that's doing this good, amazing work to make what they should make and earn what they, you should be able to make a living as a personal trainer. 
but there are very few personal trainers I've ever met in my life that are just a full-time personal trainer and can support themselves. And those are like the personal trainers to the stars and stuff like, yeah, it's hard to make, you know, and also too, can I ask you, is -hmm. the personal training industry dominated by women or men? Like what is the percentage? I honestly don't know. Um, I feel like I used to see only male trainers. However, um, I worked at our local Y and we had a really hard time getting male trainers in the door. And we wanted to have some male trainers because some clients really do want to work with a man, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. Um, But we really had a hard time getting them in person. So I don't, I don't know out there. And then of course the, I look to work specifically with women. So my feed is flooded with female trainers all over the place. Yeah. I'm just curious because the reason I asked that question is that women are really, women have a hard time asking for what they're worth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A lot of the money motivation stuff is really, really important for women because Mm -hmm. women just, they don't charge enough. And, and once you start working with your relationship to money, um, it really, really helps in being able to ask for what you're worth. Right. Yeah. And I see it all the time. A lot of women that I know that have second careers now they left especially teaching jobs oh my gosh I was working with a woman she ran tech for the speakers academy that I was part of and we were talking about a few things that she was doing and I was like why are you not selling this information like why are you not report as you're teaching us why is this not being reported and being sold because Mm -hmm. this information while it is second nature to you like I would pay a lot of money for what you're giving me right now but she's thinking in teacher mentality and she's thinking like, well, it only took this long to do. And so she's ready to charge peanuts. She's like, well, I, the software is already here and it's already created. It only took me like 20 minutes. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm paying for. I'm paying for all of those years that you spent learning how to do that. All of that, you know, tape that you went through, those hoops that you jumped through, that education that you paid for, the time that you put in that led up to it only taking you 30 minutes. Because what only took you 30 minutes just saved me so much time, effort, energy, and money in the long run, I will pay you. And then she was like, oh, hmm. never thought of yeah, it that, that because that's because you know why? Because women don't value their years of experience and stuff like well, that. And I, I was in a program. I was in a program with a coach that was very, very expensive to work with, right? I mean, so I know what the other people that she was coaching were paying. Minimally, mm-hmm. we're in this, we're on this group call and we're talking about what people are charging for various aspects of their program. And these women are undervaluing it. And I was like, but don't you feel like coaching is valuable? Yeah. I'm like, well, I know what you're paying for her. So why is your service not at least half as valuable? At least mm-hmm. minimally, like you're not even charging half what you're paying somebody. Like you see the value in coaching. Why wouldn't, some, and, and the, like the zoom, I'll say the room went kind of silent. It was like, wow, I never thought about that. Like I'm willing to pay it. Other women are willing to pay it. Yes, absolutely. And you may not be able to like, you know, it's like, sometimes you have to build up your confidence, right. As a, as a coach. So a lot of times you have to, you know, you may start with one number and then you maybe in June, you go up, you go up 500, you know, and then in July, you go up to another 500. It's like, I remember with my old coach that I had um, talking about um, like, like, you know, like it's almost hard to say the numbers at first when you're doing a big thing. And, but then you get, and then you know what happens? You just get used to it. 
Yeah. You I mean, I, I remember the first time I asked for a payment, I almost threw up. And that number is half of what I ended up asking a couple months later. I had been uh, the friend that introduced me to the online industry. You know, we were we would talk regularly and I'm like, hey, I got to go. I have a client call. And she's like, how many client calls are you giving your clients a week? And I was like, one. She goes, yeah, but that's like the fifth one this week. How many clients do you have? Mm-hmm. And when I told her how many I had, she's like, uh, you need to increase your price. Mm-hmm. And she's like, if you have that many people saying yes to where you're at now and it it hadn't even occurred to me and Mm -hmm. I was like nobody's gonna pay the next price up and and they did Mm -hmm. and that was a huge value add to be comfortable saying that number without feeling like you're gonna puke (laughs) because I had a client that I worked with uh, she was in a different business and so we would talk business sometimes after our sessions and she said you know when it came time to discuss payment with you you looked at me without skipping a beat and said the investment to work with me is x mm-hmm. she said i didn't question it i didn't i just figured okay that's what it costs because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. every time we talk i say i don't even know what you charge but i know you don't charge enough for your service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she's like you know what my brother tells me the same thing and i said well it's time to start listening to us well yeah and i always believe that when you hear um information my mine is three if I hear three different people tell me the same thing and they have no connection to each other, uh-huh. I feel like the universe is saying, hey, wake up. Right. <laughs> need to do this. So what is the biggest success of your business right now? What are, you re- what are you really proud of that you've accomplished? Wow, that's a great question. I'm really, I'm really just getting started. I've really been laying the foundations for everything I want to do. I, I think right now, something that I never thought I wanted to do was have a darn book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked prior, I have a book that came out in December and I actually am finishing as soon as we get off here, we'll be finishing the first draft of my next and being able to do things that can impact more people than I ever thought cared, I think Mm -hmm. is a, is a huge success. Paying attention to all of the coaching and everything I've learned in my life, those things that you know, we feel like our second nature, like, well, everybody knows that. No, everybody doesn't know that. And so me being able to start speaking loudly Mm -hmm. has really impacted a lot of, I mean, I have women that will reach out to me randomly that I don't know. And they're like, thank you so much for sharing X, Y, or Z. You have Mm -hmm. no idea how helpful that was today. Mm -hmm. Okay. To me, those are, those are the biggest successes, like not the dollars. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want the dollars. I need yeah, the dollars. Yeah. But it's those people that you forget about the ripple that you have, right? One of the reasons I love working with women, primarily I work with in my fitness business, it's women that are, you know, 40s. Mm-hmm. The impact they have on other people around them is so profound. Mm-hmm. And so you can help, if you help a woman increase her confidence, look out world, because everything is going to change. Absolutely. Um, what's the name of your new book? Do you have a title yet? It is Champion Rising. And, and what is it? What are you oh, focusing on this time? Wait, I need to look at the subtitle, though, because we're still in that phase. There, yeah, not, and this may change before it comes out, right? I, the, I, the title is going to stay the same. It's Champion Rising. It's Crushing Goals, Surpassing Limits, and Embracing a Winning Mindset. And so the idea is, is building up that champion mindset. I use a lot of the stories and analogies from being a 
Um, my high school basketball team won our state championship. I was a dual sport collegiate athlete. So I take a lot of the experiences and stories from being an athlete and then from my experiences as coaching to talk about how do you develop because mindset, it's not something like you're born with and not born with. There's very specific things that we can do to enhance that mindset. Uh, the chapter that I'm, I'm closing up with right now, um, I'm calling it overtime. And it's basically taking everything that we talked about in the book and talking about how I use my mindset to physically heal after um, I had a total knee replacement. And so it's talking about why building that mindset is so important, not just if you're looking to crush crazy you know, goals. It's mm -hmm. not just about work and person. It's like you physically can heal your body with the right mindset. And so I, it's, it's going to be cool. I'm super excited. I cannot yeah, wait for it to get in more hands. So what has been the biggest challenge for you, Don? I have some ADHD. Um, I finally did get that diagnosed. I'm not using any kind of medication or anything like that, but I'm somebody that I like to jump around a lot. Mm -hmm. I get really excited about something. I kind of like go all in and I'm like, ah, oh, but does this feel right? I think part of that is also that whole, we talk about coming out later in life. It's, it's mm -hmm. like, I had all of this life now. I feel like I can be living that I wasn't living. I wasn't living as me for so many darn years. And so now it's, now my world is literally about me. For the mm -hmm. first time in my life, I get to do what makes me happy. And I don't know what that is, yeah. right? Like I've been spending the last, I, I divorced just over, two years ago. And so I've been really figuring out what brings me the most joy, what makes me most excited. I think a good thing, you know, I mentioned right now, financially, I'm doing okay, you know, with the settlement, but that doesn't last forever. Right. I don't right. get out. Yeah. I only have a couple more years about me. So while one hand it's good, I can kind of figure it out. The other hand, it's like, okay, but you can't get too comfortable because right. that, that does run out. And so it's, um, and that's why it's okay. For me, the biggest struggle is where am I diving all in with everything I have? So it sounds like to me, the hardest thing for you is focus. Yes. Yeah. And Absolutely. that makes a lot of sense with somebody who is ADHD, you know, well, that and, and we talked a little bit about clarity, right? Like there is some clarity. And so it's okay. I do have some clarity where I want to go. I know ultimately I want to be a speaker, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be on stage. I want to be teaching, training, working with individuals. Well, in the meantime, I need to be earning some other income and I love coaching. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of trying for me to find that balance as I'm building and establishing myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, focus, mm -hmm. absolutely. And focus is talked about in the book. Well, and also too, like sometimes too with clarity, it's like you try something, sometimes mm -hmm. it's good, sometimes it's not so good. So it's like, it's like sort of like not being afraid to try something new. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's spitballs, you know, you're like, well, yeah. let's try this when you have a business, let's try this. Right. And, you know, you're literally, you know, throwing it against the wall. And, you know, there are people that talk about, oh, no, you need to know this, this, this and this. But if you're a new entrepreneur, you sort of have to learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to learn about and you have, you know, you figure out what works and what doesn't work and right. that's how you grow a business. I mean, men, most people don't come out of the gate like knowing how to own a business. It's right. sometimes a lot of trial and error. Well, and yeah. the other piece is sticking with it long enough to see mm -hmm. if it's really, you know, viable. Like I do know that I love coaching and that's where I keep going back and forth. Well, what is it that I'm coaching? My background was social work, right? So uh, between the psychology and social work background, you know, I don't do life coaching, but you know, that mindset work, that mm -hmm. mind body connection work, it's a lot of that kind of style. So 
figuring out how to package it in a way that is really going to serve who I want. So that's, those are the pieces that have been kind of fun, kind of exciting, kind of a little scary and nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you're doing a bunch of different things. So this this question is, so if somebody wants, they're a fitness person, Mm -hmm. they, they may be coaching a little bit in the gym, you know, what, or they're thinking about bringing their coaching business online. What would be your biggest um, piece of advice you would give to somebody who's leaning in that direction? Besides work with you. (laughs) It doesn't have to be me. It's always going to be find a coach. They have, there's that success out there or that quote out there that says success leaves clues, right? A lot of people have heard that they've said it. Success doesn't leave clues. There's a whole darn roadmap. And there are coaches and mentors that have been there and done whatever it is you're trying to do. There is like not much new out there that hasn't already been done. Done before. And so to hire somebody ahead of time that can point you in the right direction, get you on the right track, Mm -hmm. you still have to figure out what works for you, right? Like you're still going to take pieces of what a coach says, right? Just because somebody says implement this doesn't mean it's going to work exactly the same for your business as it did for theirs, especially in an online world. Everything's constantly changing. I mean, the the things that they were doing may not even exist anymore, right? right? The platform that was doing the best before might not be there. So there are some things that you need to figure out what works best for you and how you're going to connect, but find a coach, talk to, or minimally, if you don't, if you're not ready to hire somebody, talk to somebody that's already in that business and find out what it takes, what it looks like, and see if it's something that you want to do. You're going to have to put in work no matter what you do. If somebody makes it look like it's going to be super easy and you can do these things, you probably want to run or at least dig in and ask a few more questions. Because there, you know, people can, there are, like you said, Don, that's really right. There's tons of roadmaps to success. There really is. And you also have to determine what your definition of success is. Sometimes it is not like, I want to make a million dollars. It's more like, I want to have a little bit more financial freedom. I want to be able to, like for me, designing my own schedule is the best thing ever. Because, you know, I have worked in hospitals where I had to be there from nine to five or had to work overnight or something like that. And so not having to do that anymore and having freedom to have my schedule and be able to go out to lunch with my wife at two o'clock in the afternoon, because I don't have a client between one and four, you know, that is like the best thing ever. So, you know, that to me is part of what, how I define success for me right now. Right. And, And the kind of people that I'm looking to work with, I'm looking to help somebody start and grow a business. I'm not looking to take somebody and scale them. I'm looking to, okay, let's start, let's grow. Let's get you making an extra two to $10,000 a month, mm-hmm. right? For, I mean, for most people, an extra two, uh, as a personal trainer, an extra $2,000 that might get them at, maybe they're doing personal training at a gym part-time, but they really want to be home with their kids. Like an extra $2,000 can allow that. And yeah. So those are the women that I really want to help impact. In so it sounds way. like your one, so your ideal customer to me sounds like, they are female, they have, they are already a coach or a, a physical trainer or something. Like, not, I, I'm sorry, they're already a physical trainer or something. They're working in this field, the fitness field, and you want to take them to the next level of being able to earn more. Finance. Yeah, and show them how, and they don't have to leave the gym. They can have yeah. a, a nice blend. I've also, uh, one of the clients that my, one of my first clients I was working with, she didn't even have her certifications yet. She was just finishing up her certifications because she knew she didn't want to go the traditional route. 
She's had a tremendous transformation herself. She's been trained by a ton of different trainers. And so we started working together to talk about what your program going to look like. How are we going to build it? How do we do that? Starting that, let's start prepping your social media because so much of what we do is through social media. I work with my clients on organic growth. Mm -hmm. Not We're not looking at paid ads and stuff. I'm looking to help you start making money right away so that you can then start investing in it when and where you're ready. And they may mm -hmm. never want to scale or start doing that ad game. Um, no, they may not. But if they're... If they're only looking to make an extra, you know, between two and ten thousand dollars, if they're willing to hustle a little bit, they can do that without having to start start getting into ads. You know, and organic growth is really important. Like my piece of advice for everybody, I don't know if you follow this or not, but don't depend on any social media app for your business. Like mm -hmm. you need to spread it out on them all. We've recently seen this with Twitter, where Twitter just sort of has gone to pieces. And it's like, I don't, you know, when people, when I always tell people, don't build your business on one social media app because that because then your business is controlled by the social media app. And make sure it's not the apps that are together. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a Facebook Instagram person and was it a little less than a year ago when they were down for like a day. Yeah. Both yeah. both Facebook and, and I mean we thought the world had ended. <laughs> or at least if that's where you primarily did your business and that's when I was like, "Oh, I do need to, I mean, that was the wake up call. I need to branch out to some other outlets. Then I was like, I better get on some LinkedIn. I better start really building my email list and make sure that I, you know, teach building your email list because those are going to go down or they're going to go away and you need to be prepared. Well, yeah. And I've had a website for years now and I really, I really focused on organic growth mm -hmm. and some of the questions, like I have several um, pages that are number one on Google. Like, so for example, if somebody, somebody searches, um, am I straight? My art, my article turns up as number one. And that's because of my, and also too, I hired a real, like, I remember my first, my first website, I designed it myself. Mm -hmm. I remember trying to learn SEO and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh -uh, this is above my pay grade. And so I ended up hiring this really great website designer and she has really put, made my organic searches really great. I mean, I get about 10,000 hits a month on my website, which wow. is, which is great. And That's so fantastic. Yeah. And, but it's, but also too, Don. This doesn't happen overnight. Right. You know, having a business is um, day in, week in, out, you know, keep working, working and chiseling away at it. And, you know, I've been working with Anna now, I think for three and a half years, maybe almost four. So right. it's been taking, yeah, it was my first year I had my website and then it was four years now. And so it, you know, things don't happen overnight. I mean, yes, we see success stories like that, that happen overnight, but a lot of times there's been years of stuff going on. Like, you know, Brene Brown, for example, right. You know, she blew up when she did that TED talk. Right. She, she was 53. She had been a, a, a college professor for 30 years. Right. Or 20. Well, and a lot of those overnight successes aren't overnight. They just look yeah. overnight to us. We didn't see all the grind and the hours and what yeah, they went and through. Yeah, the hard work they they've done. Yeah. Well, Don, this has been delightful talking to you. I really, really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing your next book, Champion Rising. And um, we will have the links for everything Don D'Amico on this podcast in our show notes. And it's been so great talking to you today. I've really, I've really loved it. Thank you. It's been a blast. 
You've been listening to Queer Business Success, the podcast that highlights LGBTQIA businesses. New episodes are published regularly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other listening platforms. Wherever you're listening, take a moment to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you an entrepreneur who's also queer? Want to share some of your wisdom and experience with the rest of us? We'd love to have you on the show. Just click the link in the show notes to apply to be a guest. Until next time, queer friends and allies, keep taking care of business. <laughs>